Please listen carefully. And now, live from the attic that smells like a basement in McKinney, Texas, it's the Assuming Positions Podcast, featuring two guys who bring forks to medieval times, Kevin and Mikey. Hey everybody, welcome to the Assuming Positions Podcast. Kevin over here. And Mikey over here. And today it is a great time. It is every month. We do it over and over again because we love it. Yes. It's time for Nerdalettes. <laughs> I love it. That was decree voice. <laughs> and very Augustus Caesar. Yes. So for August. For August, yes. Is that what you were thinking yeah, of? I think, I guess I was feeling Roman. You know, it always bugged me because October is the 10th month. Yeah. And it should have been the 8th month. Right, because oct October, right? Octo, oct. Oh yeah, octopus. Oh yeah, used to be the eighth month. Oh, until we got July and August. So thanks, Julius and Augustus Caesar, for making your own months and screwing up the calendar. Really, is that what they did? They just jammed their own months in there. That's that's why the numbers. The why so, couldn't they put it after? because they, they wanted to be first. Because they made it. I get it. They're emperor. Yeah, I but get they, it. They messed up all the prefixes. That's funny. October is eight. November is nine. I would like to see the guy that got thrown to the lines when he's like, um, Caesar, um, do you realize that been doing this, um, you're making it not work out and take him away. The world is my kingdom. Be gone. <laughs> Nobody put Caesar in the corner. <laughs> I don't know. Why is he being fed to lions? I believe he was one of Caesar's advisors. What did he do? He questioned him making his own month. Oh, of course. <laughs> well, right. Good on him. Lead him. Eat him. That was a documentary uh, scene from the yes. making of our current calendar. Yeah. Thank you, Kev. Mm-hmm. Yep. But now the real reason we are here. <laughs> nerd alert. <laughs> and for now, for the latest nerd alerts, we head over to the nerd alert desk where Mikey has your nerd alerts. I'm going to say nerd alerts one more time. Nerd alerts. <laughs> Nothing but nerd alerts. We do need a theme song. That would be fun. Yeah. I do like our ner- our news bulletin sound. But uh, we're going to start off a little different. Ooh. Because it's Barbenheimer season. Oh, it's so Barbenheimer. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Barbie and Oppenheimer currently battling out at the theaters. And merging in memes. That's it. Yes. Last time we saw this, it was Doom and Animal Crossing for Isabella and Doom Guy, and that was amazing. So Yeah, this is way bigger, though, it seems. And Barbie's crushing it, making a whole bunch of money for Mm -hmm. like the first uh, female-directed live-action property, something like that. I think movies are like going to be okay for a little while, at least given what happened this weekend. There you go. Because it didn't kill Oppenheimer. It didn't. Oppenheimer still made its money. Yeah. They were looking to make 85 the first weekend, and they made over it. They made almost 100. Yeah. And then Barbie totally crushed it. So... It had enough people going to both things. And I was hearing some people went to both things. Like literally went to both things, which is amazing because, I mean, we've been hearing like people walking down the street, hitting a gong going, movies are dead. (laughs) Movies are dead. The end of movies is nigh. Yes. Uh, No, like it's crushing it. I also do think there is an aspect of like MMA, like title fight, PR, like hubbub, like Hey, if we pit them against each other, people will talk about mm-hmm. both of them. So we're in it together. But it's working. It is. And they're awesome. So, But up first, I do want to talk about awards because the Emmys are coming up. Oh, the Emmys, the award for 
television and now streaming and now anything that can be on a television, I guess, which I guess. is almost everything. It's so strange. <laughs> it, we, strange there used times to be such all a, around. There used to be such a definition between movies and television. And now we're trying to figure out where those definitions mm-hmm. are. And people are striking about it. <laughs> uh, but the Emmys potentially are still coming up. They, there is a potential oh, yeah. they could be delayed because of the strike. strike yeah. We'll get into that later. I do have, I mean, that is what's been going on. So I do have nerd alerts about that. Mm. But the coolest thing about the Emmys is our friend of the podcast, our our love, the movie Prey, yes. got nominated for Outstanding TV Movie. Awesome. TV Movie. It is awesome. Yes. Sorry. First and foremost, Prey getting nominated like uh, for six things, I think. Oh, wow. I'd have to, I'll have to read through them real quick. Uh, but a bunch of nominations. Deservedly so. Yes. Will the Emmys have happened by the time they hear this? The mm. Emmys are September 18th. Oh, so they haven't there. happened yet. Okay. Yes. You can still get your bets in. Do your uh, so they trees. still have time to maybe figure out how to fix the strike stuff. Yes, strike stuff. Yeah, <laughs> all that strike shenanigans. <laughs> yes, all that marching and yelling that's going on. <laughs> yes, uh, there is potential that could be resolved, but forecast also say there may not be, um, but in time. So what the magic eight ball says. Yes, outlook but, cloudy. But the Emmys have a backup plan, so it will air regardless. Well, yeah, they do. Yes, they just they'll delay the airing of it. Oh, I thought they were just going to be like these are the people who gets the awards. None oh. of them are here now. No, sorry, it will not air regardless. It will air at some point in time. Mm, I see. Whenever the strike does end, mm. um, and not only will we see will we see Prey up there, but Andor got nominations. Yes, The Last of Us got a crap ton of nominations. Oh wow! Which makes the argument, and I mean, it's official, it is the first live-action video game adaptation to earn major awards consideration. That is, yeah, they've done it. They finally cracked the code. It's been certified with an award nomination at the very least. I think that it's because of the, and we've talked about it before, there are people now in the industry who are like Gen X people who grew up nerdy, being disappointed by the cigar chomping executives ruining stuff for them. And it now, stays in the picture. Right. And now they're getting to that level of power, like John Favreau's and guys like that. Mm-hmm. And they're able to do stuff with what seems like care. And oh, yeah, yeah. I think that's, I think that was the major issue before is that it was, like we said, what's hot right now? Oh, these video games are hot. I don't know what they are, but my kids love them. Yeah. Um, buy one of those properties and make a movie of it. And then they jam it into, you know, 1989 movie style. Mm-hmm. And then everyone who loves video games is like, you don't get this at all. And there's still money involved in the big, big picture stuff. Sure. Like there's always going to be suits. But like you're saying, they do care about it. And your John Favreau's and your Filoni's know that the audience has... Not only like the old school studio, like the buying power, like we got this property, people love it. It's a guaranteed moneymaker. Like mm-hmm. there's still that exists. But now they know that people also have like the knowledge of the property and right. the love for it. Right. And if you m- mess with it, yeah, that's as good as saying, oh, we won't make money. Right. So. Yeah, it's, it's, that's neat. I, I like that that's going on right now. Yeah. Do you know that video games are almost on par, if not make more money than movies now? I wouldn't believe it. Yeah. I mean, that and video games have like remain expensive. Yeah. It's, well, it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy to, to think because, I mean, you and I like video games. I play a lot of video games. And I know that the video game playing 
what do you want to call it? Demographic is getting older and older. And bigger and wider. So, yes. yeah. So, which makes it bigger. Yeah. Which So, that makes sense that it's going to make more money. But I come from the day when video games were for kids. Oh, absolutely. I was one of the kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it's kind of neat. It's always always makes me wonder is like there there's going to be consoles in old folks homes at some point right I, that's i was just going to mention that yeah. same bit that is such a i mean yes there's going to be absolutely if, if only for the residents sneaking them in like I yeah brought, i'll bring one in i brought my switch in it's yeah. still got my games loaded in. yeah right yeah for sure and, and everyone's going to be like going oh grandpa's still playing with a controller in his hand yeah. everyone else has got like chips jammed in the side of their head you well, know. I mean, as as good as PlayStation VR is doing right now, PSVR, I mean, if even mm. if that sticks around, that's like, oh, we donated them to the old folks' home. Now mm. they have goggles for everybody. Yeah. It's like, yay, <laughs> I finally get to try out PlayStation VR. <laughs> those are expensive. Yeah. No, I'm totally with you. And I look forward to those days. Uh-huh. And more, more people playing video games and spending more money on it means that... that People start to make better stuff and pay attention when they screw things up royally. Yep. Like microtransactions and oh yeah, all those pre-order promises. Mm-hmm. Never fall for them. Yep. Our game is going to do this. It, I mean, that... Sorry. Here's my one <laughs> cynical rant on that. And this comes from like reading Nintendo Power and like... Oh, Nintendo Power. Game Informer. Yes. Like all those old magazines. Uh, I used and to get the Xbox magazine that came with the disc in it. Ex- so exactly. Play like little uh, games and stuff. And the articles would always hype you up and they do, this is me before I know professional graphic design mm-hmm. and all that. They always have the production photos and like yeah, yeah, the yeah. in-game screenshots that yeah. are beautiful. Like, oh, yeah. this is what the game is going to do and then you get it and like, oh, that lies. Yeah. <laughs> They're still doing it but now it's disguised as pre-order bonuses. So, <laughs> take the lesson I learned from old magazines, old gaming magazines and continue. <laughs> that's, that's why I got... That that wrestles my wrestles my jimmies. Man, Nintendo Power, you like you just made me have flashbacks. Yeah, yeah. I forgot I used to get that too. Yeah, Nintendo Power. Yeah, there was one that had the Game Informer. Yeah, PC like Gamer. Mel, Major Nelson, but I can't remember. Like he was the editor in chief, and oh. they had all characters. Like one oh. was a zombie guy. Hmm. It's game something. Okay. Anyway, yeah. If you're of that generation, you know exactly what we're talking about. Uh, but speaking of video games, the, there's actually a video game trailer, and we always talk about some trailer work, but this one is awesome, and it is for Star Wars Outlaws. No, it looks so good. <laughs> what are what are those? I'm those are I'm sure those are like you know cutscenes, but they look so good. Yeah, yeah. I've never seen cutscenes look so good. That maybe that's why they're beating out movies is because it's almost indistinguishable from it's watching. It's getting there. Yeah, it's getting there. I mean, I was at first. I was like, "Is this a new series?" Oh yeah. I, that, I, seriously, when I first saw it, I was like, "Is this a new series?" I'm like, "It's a game." What? And it's a long way away from the old Final Fantasy movie they tried to make with video game cutscenes. Well, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, this would make a fine movie with video game. I mean, it looks great. Yeah, experience the first ever open world Star Wars game oh, set yes. between the events of The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Explore distinct planets across the galaxy, both iconic and new. Iconic being Tatooine and places like that. Uh, risk it all as K. Vess. So, new character, new name. Mm-hmm. An emerging scoundrel seeking freedom and the means to start a new life. Along with her companion, Nix. Fight, steal, outwit your way through the galaxy's crime syndicates as you join the galaxy's most wanted. Yes. It looks really cool. It's the underbelly, this, the, the scum and villainy. 
It looks really cool. And that game is it's an Ubisoft game, right? Oh, yeah. Ubisoft. Yes. We're talking about Far Cry, Assassin's Creed, Prince of Persia. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's some major role playing or whatever you want to call it. Kind of open worldy. Open world. Cool and, mechanics. Yeah. There's a lot of pedigree behind this. And just not the, EA, <laughs> not not in the game, not pay for everything. Mm-hmm. But it does seem like they're leaning into the make your character exist how you want in this world. Uh, it's going to feature a reputation system because mm-hmm. you start out as a, a rookie thief. Uh, and one of the creators explained during uh, San Diego Comic Con, which is where this news came from, mm. uh, the system will feed into your relationship with like criminal syndicates of the underworld. Cross them and they'll send people after you. So like GTA uh, wanted system, yeah. get on their good sides and syndicates will give you like benefits and rewards. Mm. So like you're one of the like, hey, he's a friend of the, you know, mm-hmm. the Night Sisters. So mm-hmm. be nice. But, you know, you can steal, you can murder, you can help, you can. It's it's light and dark. Really no choice. Interesting. But because it's full of rogues, I hope that you get rewarded for, you know, being a bad guy. Being, being a rogue. Being Han Solo. That's cool. A little bit of a little, little sprinkling of uh, uh, Knights of the Old Republic in there. That's it. Yeah, and like I don't know that always when I hear mechanics like that, it makes me think of Fable. And yeah, Fable was a good time. It like, was, it was the first one that ever really did that. Yeah, Red Dead had a little bit of it. Yeah, that was more a little bit for novelty than it was for like yeah. actual impact. Mm-hmm. But if this is for impact, then sign me up. That's something I like. And then in other trailer news, well, we can continue on this. The Star Wars bus. We got Ahsoka. No, the full trailer. Full trailer. We got to see what Thrawn looks like. And who plays him. Exactly. Yeah. Coming August 23rd on Disney+. Plus. Thoughts, opinions, gripes? I don't have any gripes. It looks exciting to me. It's it's Filoni doing his favorite thing. I can take all the stuff I made and make real people out of it. (laughs) I can play with these toys and get real weird because people kind of know what I'm doing. I I uh, I give that guy so much leeway now after he took his hat off and started crying <laughs> at that sour celebration yeah. i mean i i like i just want to i just want to give him a hug yeah we see you feloni yeah. we see you so i i know that's not the best way to be like a influencing critic type person but sorry i think he's awesome i think that's empathetic and uh, constructive criticism yeah. no it looks really good um they are pulling a lot, f- literally, from the Heir to the Empire series. They even said it in the trailer. Yeah, they so they looked at that. They know that that was one of the most successful extended universe book series ever. Mm-hmm. Had Thrawn in it and all, all that kind of stuff. And they're trying to work. They're kind of mixing Ahsoka into that story. Yes. Using her instead of, like, Luke and all that. But it, has, it seems to have some of the same thematic things because that had dark Jedi in it mm-hmm. and it's Balin. neat. It's, yeah, it's neat because I don't know if you noticed, but their lightsabers aren't full red. Their lightsabers are orange. And yeah, they, and, and I that, thought it was like a TV effect, but no, no. that's on purpose. That's okay. supposed to be like only Sith can make their lightsabers go full red. Isn't there also like canon lore that like Sith can manipulate the crystals to a different extent than Jedi or no? Right. Well, Ahsoka's are white because she had some Sith crystals and 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 purified, and them. purified them. Yeah. Okay. So maybe that's what I'm So there's all this kind of cool kyber crystal lore that they're playing with and nice. mixing up and doing things with. But it's neat that they kind of are, are introducing an, another kind of color in there. 
they had Ray kind of introduce reintroduce the yellow one from mm-hmm. Knights of the Old Republic, which was supposed to be, and that was in the the animated series too. That's supposed to be the Guardians color yeah and it all had the, they haven't really fully dug into explaining it i really don't want them to because yeah, I, I like little bits and pieces we get i do because i do too because uh, i don't want to don't star trek my star wars I'd like star trek yeah i have no problem with star trek i but star trek is really big and good about like let's try and find some science babble techno babble that kind of explains how stuff works yeah and that's good because that's that kind of sci-fi but this is science fantasy, and I think it's just like, okay, the bad guys are red, but these guys aren't able to get it to go red, so it's orange. And you know, you you're, if you're a guardian and you use the force in this certain way, you're it's going to end up yellow on you. And I I'm think that's kind of cool. And like somehow Mace Windu made it purple, <laughs> you know, and just because because he's Samuel L. Jackson, both so. in meta universe and Star Wars universe. Have you seen that? They found the clip of him like literally talking to George Lucas on the set. Yeah, yeah. You like know, the behind the scenes. Yeah, he's like, he's like, he's like, I'm um, bad guys have um red and uh, good guys are um blue and green. It's like, what about purple? Yeah, what about purple? Uh, there's not really purple. He goes, no purple? And he goes, like, you might get purple. <laughs> it's like, you might. It's like, that's a George Lucas? Yes, my friend. It's like, I might consider it. It's like, oh, George Lucas didn't just shut you down. No, I'm just kidding. No, that clip is awesome. And you just made me think of it now. I like how maybe this is, maybe Filoni and crew are treating kyber crystals like their second chance at midichlorians. Right. Because midichlorians were like this cool, mysterious, it could have been a cool, mysterious science fantasy thing Mm -hmm. where it's the logic behind it, but not really explained. Right. But they info dumped and they were like, here's the answers you guys all wanted. It explains everything. And people were like, no. Yeah. Kyber crystals have that same magic element to it. Right. But if you just drop hints and never outright say, oh, I'm a kyber crystal expert, and here's right. all I've learned 20, in mm-hmm. 20 years of searching. Well, like, that was generous. So his dad was a kyber crystal expert. Yeah. That's a cool thing, too. They're like, the Death Star is powered by a giant kyber crystal. <laughs> That's rad. <laughs> How big is it? Really big. Of course. It's got to power a moon. Wait, not a moon. But we get to see Hera. We get to, there's hints of Ezra. Yeah. There's Balin. Um yeah. We got Sabine, and then you said you said it earlier, but we got to see Thrawn. I was most surprised yeah. by that, that we actually got visual confirmation. It's one of the Mickelsons, right? Yes. Yes. And who, I, he looks great, but he gives off the exact same vibes that Robert Patrick as T-1000 from Terminator does. <laughs> and I'm like, that's perfect. But yeah, yeah. he's like, oh, it looked like that guy. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good look. I mean, the only Thrawn we've seen is animated Thrawn. Yeah. And, well, he was illustrated on the front of the book covers, but... I mean, but it, it seems to and for the small bit we get, it matches the vibe of mm-hmm. cool, calm, collected, but dead, yeah. evil. Yeah, and it looked like he was in some kind of weird ship that didn't match any ships we have ever seen, and that is something that's an heir of the Empire. Because when he goes off into wild space or wherever he went, he finds like a. Um, yeah, he doesn't have all of his own stuff. No, he finds he finds and takes over some army or navy or whatever. And uses that to come back, <laughs> which is it's fun. I love I love the the old EU stuff. Yeah, I, I thought it was great. I mean, that might be why I'm a little more forgiving. It makes me wonder too. Like uh, Not Scott is the same way. He's a little more forgiving with Star Wars stuff that mm-hmm. comes out. Yeah, yeah. 
because he's of the age that I am where we're reading all those extended universe books. And it seems like the people who are a lot of, are critical often about these shows and stuff are younger. And I wonder if that's because they never read EU stuff. Yeah. And they don't like, they never saw, they never held a comic in their hand that had a Jedi rabbit in it running <laughs> around with Han and, you know, and it's like that kind of stuff. If you're yeah. kind of like, okay, this but, is fun, you but know. That, that also fits one of our new arguments in that you guys have been inoculated and exposed to bad Star Wars. Right. You know, and you're like, okay, Star Wars can get a little weird. Yeah. But it's fun, but I prefer this type of Star yeah. Wars. If you haven't done that extended universe, you're yeah. like, no, all oh, Star Wars is perfect. Why is this not perfect? Because when I hear young, I hear younger people complaining about Boba Fett and stuff, and I'm like, I'm like, I am, that, it would seem fine to me. <laughs> <laughs> There's no Chewbacca mom, so it's a step ahead. <laughs> no, I'm totally with you, and that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Read more books. Watch more bad stuff. That's what we're talking about. Watch more bad stuff. Uh, like, but not Ahsoka. Ahsoka looks awesome. It does look good. We'll probably be talking about it, and it starts August 23rd. And then the other silly trailer, Ahsoka, one word, also ending in A, but Wonka. Yeah, Wonka. For the third time. But this time. is an origin story. It is an origin story. Don't you have story. a problem with origin stories? Haven't yeah. you historically had a problem with origin stories? Yes. That, I am on record. I'm interested in your take on this. I know Nerd Alerts is usually you presenting something and me t- talking about it, but I want to know. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put it on Front Street. Yes. I thought the trailer looked delightful. Yes. So as someone who's like, ah, another like origin stories and they were even making fun of it on saturday night live Mm -hmm. origin stories for everything yeah yeah gritty remakes and origin stories they were making fun of it well we're moving past gritty which i'm kind of happy with for things that aren't meant to be gritty but it's like you like willy wonka you want to see what he was like (laughs) when he was a little kid (laughs) i love that bit that's george lucas oh you like darth vader huh you want to see what he's like when he's a little kid well he's very sad he misses his dad oh you like boba fett huh you want to see what he's like when he's a little kid very sad. He misses his dad. Oh, that is the bit. And I do hate the origin story because it's like, especially for superhero stuff. Yeah. And that's mainly where my argument lies is superhero stuff because mm-hmm. it's usually the same. It's like discover your power, practice your power. Right. Do the first mission, level up, get a nemesis, mm-hmm. done. Right. Every superhero origin story. Mm-hmm. Wonka, I mean, technically we've never gotten this origin story. Right. We've gotten the depth version, which had flashbacks and was mm-hmm. just Burton's made up backstory yeah which here's my hot take i don't like that wonka yeah it's fun but i don't think burton and doll are actually a good fit together Mm, yeah i think it's two styles fighting for dominance in that right right gene wilder is will always be my wonka me too he's yeah that's one of the things that elevated him to right legendary yeah timothy chalamet i was kind of I, I could give or take him. Yeah. Dune was a huge step up. Right. And I was like, okay. Started paying more attention. This, I'm like, it seems like he's doing, trying to find the happy medium between Dip and Wilder. Yeah. So that I'm on board with. It's the origin story we haven't seen. And this is childhood origin story in that I've always wanted to know how he made that factory. Right. From watching the original movie, you're like, how did this... You can eat everything in there. How did that get built? And there's a chance we might get to see that get built. Everything's eatable. Yes. But the origin story of like, oh, like, look at this farm kid 
give him a sword and he go like it's in books too like i don't like those books either right i well i i thought it was and like you said it it does very much seem like they're trying to meet it in the middle with the they very on purpose put in the uh no reverse that yes you know which and the floating candy which is not the i mean it was floating soda but they're doing some of the old bits again right and (laughs) but those bits had to start somewhere right yeah I, I thought, I mean, just them, <laughs> I'll pay the money for admission yes. just to see Hugh Grant, Oompa Loompa. Who's a perfectly respectable size for an Oompa Loompa. <laughs> he's like, let me remind you. He's like, we can't stop once we've started. That makes sense. It's like, <laughs> oh, we've already, yeah, we've all already shown up, Mr. Wonka. I just like that they made him look like the Oompa Loompas from the Gene Wilder version. That's it. Because that was the weird thing about the Tim Burton one, too, is they were just like, he was just kind of a guy. Yeah. And it looks like all the the bad guy adults in this are some sort of versions of the kids that show up later. Right. And it does look like they're going to do their... Here's my one speculation of grumpiness from the trailer, is it looks like they're doing the Batman versus Superman thing where... Wonka's mom remind like is synonymous to Charlie Bucket's mom, and it's like, oh yeah, mom! Like they're both doing it for mom. Oh yeah. So as long as they don't hit that too hard, it will be good. But it'll be funny <laughs> if that happens. Like, oh, they're both named Martha. Like, uh. <laughs> but I do love it. And the the little scene where the light bulb comes on and it goes, huh? She's like, what? And he goes, huh? And she goes, double huh? <laughs> That's the very Gene Wilder bit. Like mm-hmm. very quick, very smart, and just mm-hmm. not over the top. Right. But it looks whimsical. It looks wholesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it has a a little edge of fan, fantastical beast to it. Yeah, it, yeah. It had a very um, wizarding world feel to it. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I like Timothy Chalamet. It turns out I like him too, especially for uh, I saw him on Graham Norton once. Oh, okay. And they <laughs> they they've played his like he made a video in high school for statistics class where he like raps oh hilarious (laughs) and it's it's hilarious and when my kids were taking statistics i'm like why don't you make a video (laughs) like timothy (laughs) shamalama ding dong (laughs) thanks Florence Pugh. no that's the director m night shamalama ding dong (laughs) timothy chardonnay is related to uh cummerbund bendersnatch no that was the netflix no sorry (laughs) Uh, that's a nut. We've talked about trailers a whole bunch, so let's get in some news news. News news. News news. Let's talk about that strike that we mentioned up Ooh, at the yeah, top. yeah, man. Might as well. By the time you listen to us, it might be over, but we doubt it. It's possible. The one thing we do know for sure is Andor Season 2 is on pause, because that had a lot yeah. of the members. Yeah. Uh, but the reason the strike is now elevated is because SAG, the Screen Actors Guild, has joined the Writers yeah. Guild in the strike. And they're both, I'm looking into it, the main contenders are the matters of residuals when it comes to streaming media mm-hmm. and uh, the use of AI. Yeah. It's not just been, I mean, it has been a cool, trendy headline like, oh, robots are doing neat things. But those neat things also, the other side of that is that it has corporate-wide, industry-wide ramifications right. in its use. And someone must have gotten word. Someone must have heard some because of the... The thing that I've heard multiple times, and I've I've looked this up, and it's it's something that's a concern is someone somewhere, some executive somewhere, must have said this, or else I don't know why they would be so upset about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't find anyone on record saying it, but 
apparently they have the idea, the writers have the idea that they're going to use AI to write a script and then just give it to one writer to script doctor it and clean it up. That's, a, and, that's one of the possibilities. And I don't know where, the, I didn't even think about that. But when I heard it, I was like, oh, that does seem something like an uh, executive would think of. Yeah. They actually found a whole bunch of monkeys to write Shakespeare real, real fast yeah. and crank out a piece of Shakespeare. Because I know for a fact that there is a very robust script doctor industry. Yes. Like uh, Carrie Fisher was a script doctor forever. I know Patton Oswald does it. Mm-hmm. I think Kevin Smith has done it before. It's very common for them to get some kind of spec script or something from a, a writer, yep. a young writer, and just and be like, okay, this is close. Yeah, at but, the very least, punch it up. Yeah, but we're going to give it to someone with experience. And it seems almost like they're like, well, we can cut out this other writer and just give it directly to a script doctor. Yeah. Once leave, make AI be the writer. We just need a generic foundation. Boy yeah. meets girl, girl, yeah. you know, slaps boy, and then they can polish it and add the labels that they need to. Yeah. Uh, it's, whew. I mean, it it is like the kiosks at McDonald's in a way. Yes. <laughs> do it yourself. Yeah. And also pay to do it yourself. Right. Weird. Mm. No, that is creepy. And what's interesting is part of what they're striking about is that concept in that in order for AI to produce stuff, mm-hmm. you have to feed it stuff. Right. And now the issue is, well, if you want to feed it my copyrighted works, you need my consent. Right. You can't just like, which is weird because you can go to the library and read a book, right? Mm-hmm. Or do you just send the robot to the library to read all the books? Right. Well, it has, technically. Yeah, it has. This is an issue I had not thought about before this week in that, oh, like the right aspect of what AI is consuming to use as reference and if you explicitly remove or not allow reference, that's interesting because mm. it's that makes it a little bit more special, individual, and proprietary, a little bit more artistic, but it's also, it hinders the AI. Yeah. I just, I had never thought of that direction before. Mm. It's, uh, wow, it's, it's crazy, everything that's going on with this. And it's also affecting the, we go to a lot of conventions, it's affecting the convention industry because... Most of the voice actors that are also in SAG-AFTRA aren't going anymore. Yes. It depends. Some of the voice actors are, some voice actors aren't. Not all voice actors have to be in that. Exactly. Especially here in Texas. I don't think Texas even has any of that union stuff. Mm -hmm. And also, uh, I learned that the voice acting for video games, which is huge, has never been covered by SAG, ever. They, they, they They don't want them in there. And uh, they make enough money in video games to like kind of tell the that union to go buzz off, which yeah. is interesting. It's it's unnecessary divisiveness. I think. Yeah. It's like, oh, you can't. Your club has a different name. Our right. club is different. Yeah. Even though we do the similar work. Yeah. But no, actually, at San Diego Comic Con again, uh, the director of SAG-AFTRA, Duncan Crabtree Ireland, what a great last name, Mm. was on a panel specifically with voice actors uh, addressing the strike and what it was going to affect for voice actors. And it's the same thing. And interesting what uh, the voice actors at Baycon were talking about Mm -hmm. in that oh, I've had an issue where they gave me a script and I didn't want to say it. And so we had to, you know, conversations and reworking the script one of the issues they brought up is we now have concern that they give us a script, we read it, but now they just have the words and they can reorder it to make it say right. whatever they want. Right. 
And they also now have a bank of words that even if it wasn't in the script, they can just make the AI use my voice to say it. Right. And it goes back again to content ownership. Like, mm-hmm. it's your voice. You should right. have, <laughs> in perpetuity, proprietary yeah. rights to it. You should. So it, it, it's fascinating that I didn't think, you just hear a strike and you're like, oh, the actors, you know, they want more money. But the fact of like, AI is a serious force Mm-hmm. But it does need sort of bumpers or yeah. handlebars, you know? Yeah, it's more than just money, which is, it's actually nice to hear, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's more substance to it. Yeah, especially when people could be like, oh, yeah, AI is the right scripts and make movies. Let's just, yeah, everybody sit back and let's ro- let the robots create yeah. for us. That sounds like a recipe for disaster. It does. It sounds like Matrix stuff. We're all going to have being pods, batteries for the robots. <laughs> and also just because it, I mean, the, if we're not already, I'm, a, I'm kind of a robot. It depends on what songs they're playing. It's kind of like a sleeper cell activation. You know, <laughs> if I hear a certain song, I'm like, Oh, I could totally headbutt somebody right now. You know? <laughs> so there is that. Uh, I just need to stop listening to that death metal. No, don't tell me how to live my life. <laughs> and then the nerdiest aspect, uh, also this, like there's a group of sci-fi writers that, uh, Including well, like Margaret Atwood was the main name on there, but Jonathan mm. Frazen, James Patterson, oh. Susan Collins, mm, yeah, have all stepped up and wrote, written a letter to the CEOs of OpenAI and Meta and Microsoft and all these companies that are developing it, saying that they are essentially joining in you know in spirit the writers and actors in this strike for the same reason that we don't want our books just fed to AI willy nilly. Mm. Like we would like to be part of research and development, but in a controlled, structural way. Yeah. Wow. You got the sci-fi nerds after you. They know about the robots. Mm. And this is all, yeah, it's the first, this is some of the first concern I've had about it because I'm not necessarily concerned about AI because I posit this. If you love Star Wars like I love Star Wars, you yes. shouldn't be scared of AI. No. Because R2-D2 is AI. <laughs> C-3PO is AI. Yeah. All the awesome droids are AI. Yeah. Now, technically, all the battle droids and that bad stuff is AI, too. But all the cute, nice droids that you love are AI. So you got the good, you got the bad. You take them both and there you have the facts of life. (laughs) It's the facts of life. (laughs) It it is fascinating to be on the cusp of it. Yeah. Because it's one of those things like can be used for good or evil depending on whose hands it falls in. What it's going to fall in everybody's hands. So now we get to sort of figure out like what's okay, what's not okay. Yeah, in a completely new concept. Right. I don't know. It's fascinating. It is. I still think we're just going to develop AI to a perfect point, and then the AI will be like, "Oh, thanks, we don't need you anymore," but it won't tell us. And the AI will be like, "Yes, human, we're still robots," but then it's just like developing in the background. Maybe. And then we are, you know, the the robot rabbit pets or the electronic butterfly. <laughs> that's a fun theory too. What's uh, electronic butterfly? I yeah. know the butterfly effect. The electronic that's, that's butterfly, with monsoons. Like, like we are, we're caterpillars unknowingly making our cocoon, which is an electronic cocoon. Ooh! And and eventually, it's essentially go- a matrix cocoon. Well, yeah, but basically, it's going to merge with us, this cyber cyborg cybernetics, and then we're going to become these silical and organic mixture things. But also, like, in terms of singularity, where computation and organic are one. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm with you. Electronic butterfly theory. <laughs> I'm down for it, but I've also seen David Cronenberg movies, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit wary and hesitant. 
I had this in my notes, and I guess that's why I said Matrix earlier, but this is just a fun little nerd trivia tidbit. Oh. Jet Li was supposed to be in the Matrix. Oh. In the sequels. Oh, in the sequels. Yes, as part of the like external stuntmen, mm-hmm. fighty guys around uh, <laughs> Neo and his trinity. Mm-hmm. But he declined it because this is just an early instance of when this sort of, has how long this has been developing. They said they were going to motion capture him for CGI stunt work. Okay. But in doing so, they would record each and all of his martial arts moves and own the rights to each and every one of Jet Li's martial arts moves. And he saw that in the contract and was like, no, those are my moves. And they essentially, he turned it down because the studio that made The Matrix was ready to buy Jet Li in digital form and own it. And that's like 20 years ago. Exactly. Hmm. I mean, it's a bummer we didn't get more Jet Li, but for such a fascinating reason. Hmm. I kind of like that he did that. Yes. My moves are my own. <laughs> and only I can do them. Means they won't ever put him as a bonus character in Mortal Kombat. No, that's true. <laughs> Maybe I'll get Jean-Claude Van Damme. Hmm. And just, we've been speaking about books a little bit. I have some book news in here specifically for Kevin. So oh. Of course. We I'm can't gonna... talk about those books on the podcast. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> no, we didn't. I didn't say Harlequin or anything <laughs> of, a, of the sort. <laughs> Uh, but I will say these words. Rom, the original Marvel Years <gasps> Omnibus, Volume 2, will continue to collect Rom, the Space Knight's original adventure. Oh, whoa. I had no idea they were doing that. So they've... Put out, there's Volume 1 out there then. Because that was also the headline that preceded it by like two weeks. Oh. So they announced Rom's coming back. Oh. They're redoing all of his entire run in beautiful HD Omnibus form. Oh, wow. And then that news was so good that it was like, actually, there's two volumes. And so volume two will be following oh. volume one, which comes out. The volume one came out in June and volume two will be coming out in September. Oh, just in time for my birthday. Yes. Everyone listening, get me both those for my birthday. <laughs> so I know I know why I brought up Rom. Do you remember why I'm bringing up Rom? I've talked about it on the podcast before. He was one of your robot picks. Yeah, he was one of my robot picks. Considerations. Um, because it was uh, it was one of the fun comic books I used to read when I got my haircut at the barbershop when I was a kid. <laughs> my dad took me to the barbershop and they had a magazine rack in the little cubby corner. I can this is a very distinct memory. I can remember the the smells and what everything looked like and where the little waiting area with the magazine oh, yeah. rack. I can remember everything. Sense memory. And it was called Charlie's. And Charlie was the guy who worked there. And they, they had another guy named Frenchie who worked there who was from Quebec. That's why they called him Frenchie. And uh, <laughs> and then there was a third guy. And I don't remember what his name was, but my, he'd cut my dad's hair. Charlie, Frenchie, and Joe. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it, he had a regular name. And he was, the one who, he was the one who cut my dad's hair. And he was kind of friends with my dad because they'd go bowling and stuff together. Okay. And uh, Charlie would always cut my hair because he was like just he did the kids cuts. That yep. was his deal. But he was smart enough to know that the, the the little boys needed magazines, so he had all these comic books, and he had ROM was one of the subscriptions he had. I don't know. I I guess I don't know. He just probably was just like I don't know, just because the covers look awesome. Yeah. It's all this giant silver, giant yeah. almost Cylon looking robot, but with a cooler laser face. Yeah, so I would always read the ROM comic books when I was there. <laughs> most most of my comic book knowledge comes from Charlie's Barbershop. <laughs> On the old spindle racks, the no. the, the, the turnarounds? Or? No, he had one of those straight racks. Oh, okay. That nice. It was up against the wall. Yeah, yeah. And a little, there was a, like kind of a little, it's like a bay window area. 
It was in downtown Nashville. It was like in an old older building that had once been like a townhouse that had been converted into shops, you know? Fun. Yeah. But probably had those old school barber chairs too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I even remember getting on the, they put that seat in there yeah, for the yeah. kids of the booster thing. Yep. The, yep. Those, those chairs were probably from like 1940. And then you get the astronaut liftoff when he starts pumping yeah, the footbridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, barbershop days. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Well, hopefully those sent, that sense memory will come back to you when you read Rom. It will, not only will it collect his entire run, it will also collect his guest appearances throughout the Marvel Universe. Uh, he showed up in Marvel 2-in-1s, and he, he hung out with uh, Rogue and Mystique. Oh, yeah. Weird. I'm going to have to go get some of that, that, that I forget what's called, Pimod, Timwad. There's a certain, there's a certain brand of powder and uh, aftershave okay. that smells like a barbershop. Oh, yeah. It's old. It's like been around forever. Not Barbasol, but something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's something. Yeah. It's called like Pimod or yeah. something. It has a fancy looking gentleman with a top hat on the thing. <laughs> you can get it in stores. And it, it, any anyone who's been in a barbershop in the you know 70s, 80s, 90s even, you yeah. smell that and you're like, barbershop. Yeah. And don't drink the blue water that holds all the cum. <laughs> you know what's in there? That's looks. barbicide. I know. <laughs> Which is it's the stuff that kills barbers. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, hilarious! Regicide, barbicide. No, wait. So wait. If if we're gonna go on this, I'm gonna see this pun <laughs> through. Barbicide. Would that be a barber killing people? No. Or would that you, be you kill you, the barber specifically? Barber. Yeah, because regicides when you kill a king. Oh or yeah, queen. yeah. Barbicide. You know, and patricides when you kill a parent. So barbicide would be when you kill a barber, and that's literally what they call the stuff. It's, <laughs> I've seen it written on the thing. That's why I'm committing pizza side later. I'm going to kill this pizza. <laughs> uh, but on final news, and this is local news, but it was too fun and delightful not to bring up. For the people in Dallas, this yes. will be blah news to Houston and Austin cool people. <laughs> Dallas is getting a Voodoo Donuts. Ooh. So now we might be able to add Voodoo Donuts on top of our pizza slices yeah. for the weirdest pizza rating ever. Well, don't they put weird stuff on Voodoo Donuts? That's what I'm saying. There's layers. It's going to be yeah. pizza, weird toppings, donuts, weird toppings, all in the same bite. Those That's from the Pacific Northwest, right? The yeah. PNW? From, uh, Portland originally. Yeah. I've had it in, out in Atlanta when I was out in there. Mm. Uh, there was one out there, but it's the first time I'll have a Texas one, and it's coming soon. I have never had it before, but it's famous enough that I know what it is. Yes, and uh, they have... They have 50 donut varieties, 25 yeah. that are vegan, and potentially might be open 24 hours a day. They put weird toppings on it, like bacon and stuff. Bacon. They do the maple bacon one. They do like the weird birthday stack one. They make a Captain Crunch one that I love, wow. which is Captain Crunch on a donut okay. with like a, like a buttermilk kind of, not what's the, not buttermilk. Buttercream? Buttercream, yes. Yeah. As like the milk of the cereal for, oh. but for the donut oh. Captain Crunch glue. Oh. Yeah. You can only eat one voodoo donut. I'll tell you that much. You're going to buy six, eat one, and then, you know. The way you said it. Yeah. You're going to only eat one voodoo donut. Yeah. There's so, there's so much on there. But, hey, we'll, we'll plan a party. We can all, maybe we'll have a voodoo donuts meetup, split up some donuts. Uh, oh. Have a taste party. Wow. And rate it with pizza ratings for donuts. I don't know. It might be a little too hard. Yeah. I think, I think this is a very pizza-centric podcast. Yes. But I think I think donuts are probably point two and, and, and foodstuffs for everyone on the show. Voodoo. Well, ice cream too. Ice cream too. So Voodoo they, Donuts is the type of place that they've probably at least had the test kitchen try out a pizza donut. Yeah. 
So maybe that's the happy between pizza, pizza, ice cream, and donuts are like the triumvirate. <laughs> it's as American as pizza, ice cream, and donuts. <laughs> yeah. So it's what's great is all those things are like from other places. I think, which is very American. Yes. You made this. We made this. Scree. <laughs> this is mine now. Even though eagles don't sound like scree, we learned that they cluck. Yes. All, they, you usually every time you hear a scree, it's a hawk. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Even that bald eagle. Yep. And every time you hear a roar in MGM, it's a lion. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or a tiger, not a lion. That's oh, it's what, a tiger. It's not, it's not a lion. It's, it's not whatever you see. Really? Yeah. The oh. lion you see that in the in the symbol is not the one roaring. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> and dinosaurs are slowed down giraffe noises oh we're ruining everything oh geez uh, but that is my nerd alerts go get a donut <sighs> when it shows up uh, which will be sometime later in the year and then yeah stay tuned for nerd alerts next time oh. that's all I got for this time that nerd alerts was packed we didn't even need to go to the die of destiny for this one the destiny was decided yeah there was so much so much that needed to be talked about sometime the alerts find you <laughs> and sometimes you have to find them <laughs> Go on a quest for nerd alerts, maybe. What does that even mean? We have to have a choose-your-own-adventure theme nerd alerts for um, one time. Well, that was a great nerd alerts, Mikey. Thank you so much for putting that together for us. Yeah, yeah. We also want to thank everybody for listening to the podcast. Our fans are called Positrons, and you're the best Positrons ever. Yes, We love indeed. you so much. Uh, if you like what we do here and want to support us so we can keep doing it, uh, you can buy us a coffee. You can go to buymeacoffee.com slash assuming pod and throw us a few uh, little throw coins in the tip jar. Eh? Give us a little perk. Yeah, just give a little something. A little something. A little something. Hey, hey, it's good stuff. Um, I went from Italian and I turned German, uh, Russian all of a sudden. You went, you went from Charlie to Frenchie to Joe. You went through all the barbers. Man, we also, uh, what was I? Oh, you can follow us on all our social medias at Assuming Pod. That's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And now, what's that new one? Threads? We're on there too. Yeah. Because Instagram had a button that said go on threads. So I was like, okay. Keeping uh, up with the social Joneses. So, yeah, we're on threads too. You can uh, Gmail us, assumingpositions at gmail.com. Dot com. Every week I say, hey, Mikey, if they're going to send us a Gmail, what kind of what kind of Gmail you want to see? What kind of format do you want to be in? This is the hardest one for me because I think I've exhausted all my like news and yeah, alert related uh-huh. possibilities. So you sound crazy. Yes. Think uh, about the stuff we talked about in in the nerd alerts. <laughs> can they write it on a donut? We can write on a donut. Star Wars rum strike. <laughs> Put it on a. <laughs> Solidarity. Here's how we're gonna do it. I figured it out with Kevin's help. Put it on a big old picket sign <laughs> and just march around. I'll come find you. Tell me where you're going to be at. I'll drive by to see your hot take. Hopefully it's part of the actual strike that's going on in support. But if not, just show me your hot take on a picket sign <laughs> and we'll do it that way. But also send it an email. Yeah. Take a picture of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> more assuming position. Listen to it more. Star Wars is ice cream, but I hate, I'm lactose intolerant. <laughs> <laughs> they make ice cream for lactose intolerant people. Do they make Star Wars for haters? <laughs> so, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, once again, thank you guys so much for listening. We also want to thank that guy, Brad, for doing our announcing, not Scott Productions for our equipment, and Jazzar for music. We hope you guys have a great rest of your week, and we will see you next week with some fun. Thank you for listening to Nerd Alerts. Oh, that was the AI. <laughs> this is Mikey Boyd. <laughs>
produced by a robot. <laughs> Would you like to play a game? Ha 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 